Welcome to Coogan Knows the Law, where we untangle the knots of complicated legal questions and break down legalese into plain English. I'm attorney Jim Coogan. Coogan may know the law, but I don't know business development and legal business development the way that Steve Fretzen does. Uh, So we're going to bring on our guest today. His name is Steve Fretzen and learn a little bit more about exactly what he does and how he does it so well. Steve is the host of his own podcast called Be That Lawyer. He is a, I don't know about world-renowned, but probably getting there, business development coach for attorneys and people looking to grow their law firms, and an author of several titles, including Sales Free Selling and Legal Business Development is Not Rocket Science, which is good because I'm sure a lot of attorneys need at least a little bit of cajoling before they're willing to figure it all out and not be afraid of the subject. Uh, Steve, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks, Jim. Happy to be here. What did I miss in my introduction? Well, you failed to mention that you're an expert at business development because we work together. So I translated everything to Coogan mind and uh, and voice and actions and now you're (laughs) rocking. So, you know, I think that that's it. So I think, you know, my my goal is to not only be good at what I do, but to help other, you know, my clients to be good at, at business development as well. Well, I still look to you for guidance and I I expect that I will because uh, I think one of the things that I have learned from you is that it does take a community and it takes connections and it takes working together. But on this subject, um, why don't you just tell us this is probably the most basic thing that you don't always get a chance to talk about because you're asking other people questions about their business and you're hosting your podcast and asking them about how they find their successes. What drew you to help people develop their businesses in the first place? Well, let's go back a little ways. Um, I've had a, a very successful sales career and ended up in franchising. So I was selling businesses and I was overseeing, you know, as many as 50 businesses at a given time. And I left the company I was with to go to another company. And the guy says to me, hey, if you're going to come work for me, then you need to meet my coach. And I go, are you an athlete? Like, what do you mean a coach? You've got a coach? He goes, I have a sales coach. And I go, okay, what the hell is that? He said, well, this guy took me from doing about 10 to 15 deals a year to doing over 30 to 35 a year. And I said, I'm listening. And so he introduced me to this guy, Keith, and Keith is, um, you know, evaluating me and we're having this great conversation. We get along really well. And he says, Steve, you know, you know, are you happy with your career and how much money you're making? And all this, I go, yeah, I'm doing great. I'm killing it. He goes, no, you're not. He says, I'm going to work with you and you're going to, you're going to be an assassin and you're going to crush it. And because what he did was essentially like evaluate all my gaps. And I had many at the time. And after six months of working with this character, God bless it. I, he was right. I doubled my income and I thought to myself, I've been wondering all along, what business am I going to run? Am I going to run a Dairy Queen? Am I going to buy a franchise? Am I going to, what kind of business would I want to be in? And it was his business. And so I said, how do I do this? He says, well, you pay me a lot more money than you already have and I'll teach you. That's exactly what happened. I paid him an exorbitant amount of money. And, um, but he, he was instrumental to helping me um, start to put some real process and some thought and some systems into place that I hadn't done before. So I started my own sales consultancy when I was um, in my mid thirties, probably 2004. Again, uh, I never really thought of lawyers needing business. My father's a retired lawyer. He never needed business. So it just never really uh, amounted. So I, I worked in like 50 different industries Um, I was working with a local carpet cleaner. I was working with a website company. I worked with big companies like Canon and the Chicago Tribune and the JUF uh, 
and, and, and all these great organizations that would bring me in to work with their teams. And then when the recession hit 2008, uh, that's when I started getting referred by my entrepreneur clients to lawyers, lawyers who hours have been cut, hours, um, clients, uh, lawyers who lost their jobs, they had a GC role, now it's gone. And I said, okay, well, I, you know, I'm happy to, happy to try. And it absolutely clicked. And the main reason, Jim, that I think it clicked was because I had been perfecting and honing a system that you mentioned earlier called sales-free selling, which is the name of my first book. It's also the methodology I teach. Well, think about it. Lawyers hate sales. They hate being salesy. They hate the idea that they even have to sell legal services. And here's a methodology that can actually help them do it in a way that makes them feel good um, and actually get results. And so it, one lawyer turned into two, then three, then a firm, then another firm. And after about 16 months, it became about, I don't know, 80, 85% of my business. And I said, you know what? Here's an industry that really needs me. And I think I can make a difference. And also I'm not going to be sort of a nobody in a big field, I'll be kind of like a known person in a smaller field. Um, specialization, that's why we do it. And I was teaching it and here I am pulling the trigger. So that's really how I got into working with lawyers. And that's going on, I think, 16 years. It's been uh, an unbelievable journey. And I continue to enjoy you and all the different you know lawyers that I have the great honor to work with. So this was kind of more of a journey of discovery. You didn't necessarily know that it was attorneys that was going to end up being the target audience for your style and your system, but it, it sounds like it was really just a product of that time frame. It was just kind of the right time because those people were looking for your help and they probably didn't know that they needed it. I mean, it'd be the equivalency of, all right, so now everybody's, you know, riding these electric bikes and they're getting hurt all the time. And you kind of read the writing on the wall. You got known for, um, you know, uh, representing people that ride these electric bikes all around the city and you're the go-to guy for that. So you might as well push your chips in and specialize. It doesn't mean you have to give up auto accidents and other types of things, but you want to like push in and, and say, look, I'm going to really focus on this because I see a market. It's it, I'm becoming known for it. I'm good at doing it and helping that, helping that market. So it was, it was, it was something that I didn't go searching for and it sort of found me. And when something finds you and you have success in that, in that arena, you know, you can make some really intelligent decisions of, you know, does it make sense to specialize? So, and, and you did mention your father a little bit ago, uh, because that kind of at least gave you some idea growing up what an attorney's life and, and work style might be like. Uh, was, was the irony lost on you or him that you ended up working for and with attorneys all the time after, I mean, you had him as, as yeah. a prime example. I actually had the, the pleasure of listening to it was an interesting experience listening to you uh, interview your own dad. I think you probably had yeah. some fun with that too, but I, um, I take it the irony couldn't have been lost on either one or both of you. I mean, I think I found myself knowing my father like I was a witness, right? Because as a teenager growing up and, you know, just being put on the cross constantly by him and he's still to this day, 88 years old, I'll, I'll have a lunch with him. He doesn't talk a lot about himself and stuff. He just asks question after question after question. And it's just, he's just so interested in, in everything and everyone. And, um, and, and, and so it, we, it's been, it's really been amazing. I, it's just really interesting how things sometimes come full circle. He never thought, and I never thought I would be a lawyer or work in law in any way, shape or form. I mean, that was not, you know, a meant to be situation. And now when we get together, um, he asked me about it, you know, how's it going? How's the podcast? You know, any, any interesting clients? And 
You know, and I actually know a lot about the law for, through my clients. And I mean, I could pretend to be a lawyer all day probably and get away with it. So I'm skipping the law degree and I'll just go right to, to faking it. Um, and ultimately it's, it's, it, it's, look, I think there's other things that we talk about, like my, my son and his, his love of fishing, or we talk about my beautiful wife or, or trips we've taken, but at some point or other, it comes back to, yeah, we, we do talk about the business. He's, he's very happy for me. And I'm, you know, I, I, I wish I had been in more interested in his career. You know, I mean, I think I always knew what he did and, and I, you know, spent time at the office with him and, you know, he'd basically make me just file stuff for hours and hours. Like, the, you know, follow your dad to, to work day was the worst. The only interesting thing is he was at the Willis Towers in Chicago and, you know, going up on the elevator was exciting because it was actually like swaying as we went up or the, the he was so high up on the, I think he was on the 99th floor and just the building swaying. I always thought that was kind of cool. Like, oh, we're swaying in the, in a freaking building. Um, it does take anyway, some getting used to, I think. Yeah. yeah, it does take some some adjustment. But yeah, I mean, it's it's been great. And uh, my father, um, you know, interestingly enough, I identify a number of areas where he could have done better. Um, and I don't talk with that to him about that. But, you know, when I think about how he, and I've got two stories I can share with you if you're interested. But yeah. uh, one is he was walking down the street after he retired and he ran into an old client. And she said, Larry, Larry, are you practicing again? He goes, no, no, I'm just, uh, you know, going to a deposition or something. He was just helping out or something like that. And she goes, Larry, you were the best attorney I ever had, hands down, bar none. And God, were you cheap. So, you know, he he was someone who grew up in the projects in Chicago. Um, they didn't have a pot to piss in. And I think money, in, in, you know, he brought me up with great a great work ethic and a great understanding of money and the value of money and how it should be treated. Unfortunately, I don't think he really understood his value. So that was a business lesson. You know, I wish I had an opportunity to work with him because I'm I'm getting some lawyers to twelve hundred, you know, plus an hour, you know, dollars an hour because we're realizing their value in in in, in you know in, in you know where they fit in 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 the role of of lawyer for their clients. Yeah. And then the other one was on the secession. I mean, he really just kind of wrapped up his business, found a couple of, of of knuckleheads to take it over six months, you know, before he retired, and they just drove it into the ground in about six months. So mm. it was just a, I just, again, I just look back and I go, I wish I know he, look, he's doing fine. You know, he's, he's retired. He's got dough. It's okay. But like, I think about the things that he did or didn't do. And I feel like, geez, if I had met him and been in a position to help him the way I help you and others, you know, wow, that maybe, you know, I don't know, he would have had more money to not spend because he doesn't like spending money. I would be retired. I would be, um, you know, getting willed and I would be getting money, more money than I am when he, when eventually. Cause he wouldn't spend it anyway. Right. He won't spend it. Um, as tight as a drum. Well, but that's a, that is a critical, uh, not as, not as significant to my practice as you know, and we, you know, cause the contingency fee practice for the most part, but that is a critical piece of that coaching element just for the attorneys to understand their value in the marketplace. And sometimes it takes an outside perspective that you can offer them. Um, so kind of on that subject, because you're dealing with attorneys who don't really get, they don't really get formal training in sales. Although the whole point of someone going to law school, they must have some kind of interest in human nature, whether they want to get into transactions or they want to be a litigator, uh, or they just really enjoy regulatory things, realize that being an attorney is the way to do that. Um, what do you find are the most challenging things trying to introduce attorneys to the concept of, again, it's not sales. It's, 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 it's a different way of demonstrating your value to a potential client, demonstrating your value to a referral partner uh, or other people in the community that could be the ones who bring you business one way or the other. 
But what do you find is the most challenging piece, given that it's this unique audience of somewhat stubborn, you know, kind of experts in their field, people to begin with who don't necessarily have an affinity for marketing themselves? Yeah, I mean, step like step number one is I need someone that's open minded and willing to learn and has the commitment to stay through and work with me to get the skills built and get the habits built and get the results in place. And that's a very small percentage of the legal population. And and that doesn't need to be apologized for. It just simply is. You know, there's general counsels who don't really feel they need to improve their skills. There's a lot of large firm and mid-market lawyers who feel, you know, they just got plenty of hours and that'll never change. A lot of the people I work with are the people who are going through some transition in their life. They want to make equity. They want to um, go out on their own, or they just simply want the control and freedom that having a book of business, you know, uh, assists with. And so I need to interview people and evaluate lawyers to understand that the timing is right and that they're really in a position to make some tough choices because quite frankly, it's, it's easier working with me than on your own for most people, but it's not easy in the standpoint of, Hey, we're going to be creating a plan. We're going to be executing. We're going to be adding some time that you may not be spending uh, uh, to, to, you know, build something together and to start honing those skills. But in many cases, lawyers are out running around doing a bunch of things that aren't effective and so we can just kind of transition that time into something that is effective. And then that's, that's super helpful. But I think it always starts with, with a mindset that net, by the way, Jim, and you, you fall into this category, probably why I enjoy working with not only attorneys so much, but the clients that I happen to get is because when you have an open mind and you uh, are open to feedback and you're open to learning, that typically isn't going to be uh, a psychopath. That typically isn't going to be the egomaniac. That's not going to be the lunatic, you know, that knows everything and, or says he knows or she knows everything. And so I'm dealing with the nicest, most open-minded, wonderful people. And those are the clients I get to deal with every year. So I'm, I'm in a very unique space in that, in that sense. Um, but it's, it's something that if it doesn't start with, with the right person, um, you know, the coach is only as good as the player. So, you know, a player's got to play. And so we've got to find people that are willing to, to learn and, and, and work on things that maybe uh, they hadn't in the past. Well, and it, I guess it sounds like there is some self-selection process that at the beginning there, if you realize that that person's not into it, I'm sure that there's a way to gracefully exit from that. And they probably agree with you at that point. Uh, so I guess once you get over the hurdle of there being an investment in, to get started, then uh, it should, it has at least a good chance of being a fruitful relationship. Um, so, and this is a little bit of a twist of a question didn't give you any of these questions in advance. So no, we'll, we'll okay. put you on the spot. I'm, I'm, okay. You've had a chance to, you, you spent a career in sales and then you turn that into uh, this growing burgeoning uh, entity now where you're coaching all these attorneys, how to be better at building their law practices. What insights has this given you just about human nature in general, bigger than just lawyers, bigger than necessarily just your clientele. Um, but what, what is this, taught you just as a, as a student of human nature? I mean, I, I've been a student of human nature. I mean, being in sales, you know, maybe similar to being a lawyer. I mean, it's all about reading people. It's all about understanding human nature and, and how people think and how they make decisions and how they, you know, especially if I'm trying to get results, they're not my results, they're your results. I have to understand them and I have to understand when to push and when to pull 
and there's sometimes, you know, I wear different shoes. Sometimes I'm wearing, um, you know, like um, slippers and sometimes I got to put on my ass kicking boots, right? And so I'm dealing with people that, um, as I mentioned, start off in the right place, but um, it's it's all about, can I, can I, can I get as much out of them as I can? So again, you think about a basketball team and a coach and we've all seen, you know, the basketball movies where the coach pushes the players. And so I think they have to know that one player is an outcast and I've got to treat that player differently than the one that's the team player. That's the sixth, you know, person on the team. That's the, you know, the ass slapping guy who, you know, is, is, is cheering on his teammates and doesn't mind if he plays or not. And so everyone I'm dealing with introverts, extroverts, you know, people that are very driven, people that are less driven. I all I have to sort of like understand them and their human nature and their behavior and figure out ways to get everything out of them that I can. And I think that's part of the fun and part of the excitement and interest for me is, is finding when I, I'll give you an example. There's a guy in my class right now and he's very negative about business development, very negative about not, not just because he's never done it and it's scary and it's, it's challenging and he doesn't kind of, he's never had any kind of direction and never needed it. He's always had plenty of business and things have changed. We just figured out that his direction is a podcast and the light bulb that went on and the excitement that I'm hearing in him and how we got around to that, you know, was a whole, a whole story in itself. And he's never been more excited about how he's going to develop business, develop content, develop his brand, because now he has a direction. I don't know if you feel that way with your, with yours, Jim. I mean, I think you do to some degree. It's exciting and it's fun. And it's something that you can see, like he could see himself. He's actually going to interview judges. Mm. That's going to be his thing. He's going to interview judges about the law, how lawyers need to behave around judges, how they need to work with judges better. He's going to get all this. He's going to build all these great judge relationships in addition to the ones he has. Sure. It's brilliant. It's yep. brilliant. And it's something that he's excited about and it's going to open up uh, a new whole direction for him where, you know, networking is fine, but that's not really like going to events and going to groups and, and meeting people that way. That's not really his interest as much as, as much as something like this. So it sounds like that's a, that's a really good success story where you, and that client may have been struggling to find exactly the right way for him to, to use your skills and use the things that you're trying to teach him. Um, give me another example. I mean, just some, let's talk about some other kind of like, what's your favorite story or, and you don't have to name names, but what's your favorite story about something where maybe it didn't even seem like it was going to be a very good fit or you weren't that optimistic about how it was all going to develop. And then, uh, things actually went right. And it turned out to be, it turned out that that actually made a difference in that person's career. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of stories like that. One of my, one of my favorites was a gentleman who just got elevated to partner and he was hustling and he knew business development was important. And he, you know, was, was just, you know, sheer force and effort as he says it to get to where he needs to go but it wasn't really happening. I think when I, I, one of the things that I, I don't know if it's a superpower, if we want to call it that, or just a skill set that I've developed, but, you know, to identify where someone's gaps are, right? So like I can identify like, all right, so you're doing these things, you're getting X result. And did you do this? Did you do that? And, and start to put together the puzzle of where the gaps may be. Maybe similar to the way the coach that I hired, you know, back in 2000 and, and you know, two and three, um, sort of found my gaps. Okay. Even though I was doing well and, and felt I was successful, how much more is there? How much more meat on the bone is there? And so we were able to work together and get this guy um, working in a smarter way 
networking, um, the way that he approached clients to get referrals, the way that he was handling his speaking engagements, everything got tweaked into the systems that I was teaching. And he was able to become one of the youngest equity partners at a very large firm. And he went from 1 million to 2 million. Now he's heading up to 3 million. And for me, that's, that's where I get my energy. That's where I get my juice. It's, it's my success is, is always secondary to yours and his and others. And when I hear the stories about someone landing the deal, when I hear stories about someone making equity, someone, then, then he introduced me to someone at his firm who ended up being the youngest equity at this firm, thousand person firm. And my heart just exploded with happiness because it, that, those are the things that drive me every day. And I know, um, uh, you know, how it's impacting their lives, their business, their families, their, their future. And that's exciting to me. Yeah, that's huge. Uh, and, and I could see, you know, being, that is the role of a coach, a mentor, uh, to then get a chance to witness that actually work as, uh, as rewarding as I'm sure it gets. I want to share, I interviewed a gentleman today who, who I'm pretty sure is going to sign up either today or tomorrow. And the things that he was telling me about why he wants to hire me um, also made my, my heart swell because he was talking about he wants, he, he could just be a lawyer and, and, and just bill hours and be a lawyer, but he doesn't feel like that's really success these days. And he says, I want my kids to be proud of me. Hmm. I want them to say, look at what my dad built. Look at how he hustles and look at how much he's doing and how people look up to him. And I said, he wants to be that lawyer, right? Name of the podcast, name of the brand. And I said to him, I go, that's exactly what we're going to do together. I mean, you absolutely, you detailed it perfectly. We're going to be building something that's going to be, you know, yours for the rest of your career. And not only to impress your kids, that's one thing, but it's also like, you're going to be able to put a lot away a lot more money for their 529s. You're going to have a different lifestyle and a different life than mm-hmm. you have now. And guess what? If things go to hell with your firm, you're going to have a portable book of business. You can take that business anywhere. And, you know, where he is now, it's not portable. It's not really something that he can take very far. Uh, most recruiters wouldn't even have a conversation with him. And where he's going to end up is going to be a very different place. And to me, that's incredibly exciting. Well, and, you know, what occurs to me when you say that is a lot of this is about a more direct translation of, of the effort that someone puts into it and the outcome that they're going to get. Because if you, you said it earlier, if you're just running around doing a bunch of half-baked marketing things that aren't very successful, you're still spending a lot of time and you might be spending a lot of money, but if it's not translating into new clients, if it's not translating into time efficiencies where you can work on the cases you have, then you're just running around to lose weight, which maybe has its own virtue, but it's not helping your business. Um, So speaking of building things, um, I, I thought maybe towards the end here, I would ask you a little bit about where are things at with your business? What's next for for your legal de- legal business development projects and for all your clients? Where is that all headed these days? Well, and it's interesting timing because I'm right in, in, in the space where um, I'm altering my deliverable. So traditionally what I was doing was working with people for about eight months, giving them all the goods, making sure that they're ready to, to go off on their own. And then, you know, I have these peer, as you know, peer advisory roundtables where they can get together with other successful lawyers in a you know, confidential environment and, and help each other. And yeah, I can't say anything things. about it because it's a confidential environment. A confidential I can't confirm or deny the existence of these, these round tables, <laughs> Steve, just, exactly. just for the record, since we're on the record. So what I'm doing is I'm essentially saying, look, I think I have a lot of great assets and parts and I'm going to be putting them together. So starting today and moving on from today, 
Um, I'm going to be working with lawyers, you know, one-on-one in my class and and, and in a very intentional and and intense way for about a year. Once that year is up, they're going to automatically transition into a roundtable. So they have a year of peer advisory included in working with me. And here's the other thing that people don't know. Um, I, I work with my clients for life. So even though the fees may stop and I'm not getting paid anymore, um, you know, Jim, you know, and other people know, um, I'm not going anywhere. If you need me for something, right, you know, you can call me, you can get me on your podcast, you can ask me a question about a, about a, a strategy. I'm always picking up. So I think the idea that when you get me, you're getting a coach for life. So it's two years of intensive work and, and, and development and changing the way someone is going to you know, develop habits and go after business and, and grow business. And also the understanding that for the next 10, 15, 20 years, as long as I'm in business and the client's in business, that I'm going to be their coach. And so I think there's a number of, of, of different elements that are coming together for me where um, I think I can offer, you know, even more value than I have up to this point to ensure that people get to where, you know, get to where they want to be and, you know, kind of make their dreams of running their own business or, or running their own show underneath the umbrella of, a, of another firm um, a reality. And that's, that's really where, where things are transitioning right now. Well, I was going to ask you a bunch of questions about the Michael Jordan jersey behind you or the or the quotes behind you from Seinfeld. This is an inside joke for everybody listening. Sorry, I had to do this little deviation, but uh, maybe it'll get edited out in post. But Steve, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk about your business on my new podcast. Uh, it's always a pleasure to, Congrats, to get man. together with you in general. And uh, I will admit, uh, in part, doing this was was something that was driven by just all the different ideas that uh, that you've imparted and tried to give me some concepts and some ideas about how to do things a little bit differently and, and take advantage of the of the things that I can offer people. So I appreciate your uh, your coaching in that regard as well. Yeah. Well, listen, I mean, that's this. It takes two to tango. And, and Jim, you've been terrific to work with. And uh, now you've got your own podcast. We're podcast buddies. And uh, and that's, you know, we can support each other in a, in, in a variety of ways. Absolutely. Well, thanks so much. Uh, This has been Coogan Knows the Law. My guest was Steve Fretzen, renowned author, business development coach, and the guy who's making lawyers better business people and better lawyers. Thanks, Steve, for coming on. 